welcome to the podcast. We are back. We have had a little winter break. Um, we paused the Becoming Like Jesus series because um, it was Advent and Christmas. I, I think we did. Did we do one or two little Advent conversations? Mm, yeah, I think we, did, we didn't we do every did. week, but no, check yeah. the podcast. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like so long yeah, ago. But, but insight, I mean, it does feel, yeah. my goodness, my, the sense of scale of time mm-hmm. at this time of year goes out the window. Very different. But um, just to let you know, like, this is going to be our jam. You know, we will, when we have a season as a church and especially as, like, in communities where we're running after something, and like reading something together, the podcast is going to like dive into that. And then we'll have sort of a little fallow season. It might be like Lent or the summer mm. or something like that. And then we'll yeah do some other, like catch on with some of the other interesting questions that have been like spinning around the church or around culture, things like that. Yeah. And I wanted to say that because I actually wanted to invite, because um, every now and again, someone would come up and be like, I wish you'd do a podcast on, I wish you'd, talk about oh. this question like that's awesome you can always come up and um and ask like the worst that can happen is i'll say i have no idea what the answer to that question is when i find some people who do <laughs> we'll let's do podcast. Talk about so it. yeah um <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's invited and so we are picking up luke again it is the richard steve and angela show hello um, hello hello so familiar voices and uh we are uh, picking up in chapter nine of Luke, which hopefully you've either been reading or maybe you're going to listen to this and then that's going to get the juices flowing to start reading this week. Um, yeah. that, that section, um, which then we'll, we'll unpack a bit of on Sunday and hopefully you're in a community group and then you can do a, a sort of deeper dive with other people to try and squeeze all the goodness out of what Jesus has to show you. Um, on this like step along the path. Yeah, I know just from our perspective, our experience, we've been together with our community group going through, following along um, the series and using the, you know, sort of the guides that we hand out on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really fruitful, really, yeah. really rich discussions. It's the kind of togetherness of, I mean, I, I think we profoundly have to learn this when it comes Mm. to prayer. Because I think for lots of people, prayer is a hard thing. Mm -hmm. It's a learned Mm. thing. And Mm. prayer is weird. Like it's a conversation Mm. like no other. So it's a paradigm-altering thing to do. And um, doing it with others... I used to it's find it's a lot better. Yeah, I used to find fun. reading scripture the same thing. And that's what I, that's what I mean. I yeah. think we have a similar thing with scripture. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to like read my Bible by myself. And like, yes, the secret place yeah. with Jesus, those secret times with Jesus are amazing. But the path to sort of learning how to read and interact with the Bible is so much better to mm-hmm. do with some other people. Mm-hmm. And it and, takes and more fun. <laughs> and it does, but it takes intentionality because so much, like when you get together with people, there's so many things you want to catch up on and talk about and to really intentionally say, okay, now let's talk about the sermon this yeah. last week. Now let's talk about the scripture um, and sit down and I'll be committed to it. We have seen over the past year in our community group just start to really flourish in their faith journey when we've done the set-aside time um, talking about these things. And it's helped me personally 
learn the content of the Bible so in such a more um, dynamic way when I hear it mm. experienced through others in the room. Yeah. Mm. And part, let me ask you this, because part of the dynamic is others. And that's not just a human thing. Like we believe theologically, like the, the Holy Spirit is at work in each of us. And sometimes he's revealing something to me by what he's doing with you, and, you sure. know, that sort of thing. But what we're calling people to, to, to sort of, um, I don't know, have a holistic journey. Mm-hmm. So alongside then like talking with others is actually to be reading and praying every day. And so one of the questions that you're always going to get is like, so did Jesus speak to you? Did you just Jesus show yeah. you something? Did Jesus have something to say? Did Jesus draw you in? And my experience of like community groups, Bible groups, you know, things like that is very often our reflex, like the known thing for us to do is to engage our sort of educational paradigm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, we've got a text. Our job is to analyze it and share our observations. So that we can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that's called studying the scriptures mm-hmm. and a prayerful spirit infused. Sure. Like that's a that's a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think there is a difference between his what I observed and having a real tangible sense of Jesus is showing me this. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants mm-hmm. to wants to engage me in this way. Yeah. Right. So what does that look like for you guys? How does it happen every time you open the Bible? Um, how can you tell when Jesus is trying to show you something? Because I, I think for lots of people, this can be actually a source of frustration um, because you can feel a bit like um, everyone else is playing a game with the Bible that I don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah, like what am I missing? I'm yeah. feeling like I'm just reading am I doing it. it wrong? Nothing's <laughs> like, happening. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, for me... Um, some of that is about slowing down a, a little bit um, because I think I used to approach it, and like you said, almost feel like, you know, there's commentaries, and many study Bibles have commentaries, and felt like, well, the purpose of what I was doing was supposed to kind of have my own little version of that mm-hmm. commentary, and if I walked away with that, that was okay, you know, maybe. And I, but I, I've come to realize that that's exactly what you're talking about. That's yeah. that um, just kind of studying it. But I think just slowing down, and sometimes for me that's meant uh, just reading it through and not really worrying about picking apart every word, you know, here yeah. and there. It's just reading it through. and But starting with, there's a reason God gave us these scriptures. I think there's something um, about my situation today, you know, where I'm at, my circumstances now, um, and just kind of going with uh, um, approaching it with a little bit of uh, expectation that God's going to show up in a different way rather than uh, and that, and that he's going to do the work, not that I'm going to do the work to find him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the pay, and the pace thing really helps. Yeah. I You're making me sort of laugh inside because I remember being a new Christian and I... You know, it was just in the at the end of high school. And my school, we were actually taught to speed read. Mm. And so I remember just being like, uh, and we would, you know, like me and my friends were like, okay, it's like end of Friday, end of school. Like, let's see, 
who can read Lord <laughs> of the Rings the quickest? Let's start tonight at 6 p.m. and then like 3 a.m. one of you would like send a message. Oh, like, I'm done, you oh know. So like gosh. really speed reading and being a new believer and just being like, okay, I, I went through the New Testament. What's next? Yeah. You know, just like, have you got more books? I used to just consume books. Mm -hmm. I, I just didn't understand. The point was not um, to consume it done. Okay, I've read that. I've got that. I know the story now. Mm. Going through and knowing the story is a really good thing to, to do. But actually, this is um, a, a whole range of different types of literature, and a lot yeah. of which actually invite mulling them over. Mm. They're, they're not written with the purpose. I mean, I, I mean some parts are a, a really clear directive kind of, hey, you need to know this. You know it? Good. Right. Bang. Right. We're done. You know, but a lot of it is actually way more complicated and messy than that. And it's, it's a lot more like looking at non-representational art or, or reading poetry or um, it, it's like there's truth and beauty in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my response, my interaction uh, is going to require me to bring something of myself to realize something there. And then the because it's divine like the spirit is actually going to enable the right connections. Yeah. And, and for, that, that's one of the Holy Spirit's job is the revealer yeah. of truth, which I love. A anyone who's like studying the Bible is hard. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, it is. You do know, like the father actually said, the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal truth to you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like you've got an amazing ally as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think that, when I first started reading the Bible, I thought, this is really hard. I don't understand it all, and I must not be smart enough. Yeah. I must not be um, an advanced enough Christian, um, and it really— or, or just read. I had so many young people say, yeah, I'm not—I can't I'm read. I'm not a mm. reader. And yes. what—the piece that was missing was not that I needed to do better— the piece that was missing was I needed to pray first mm -hmm. and ask God to reveal himself to me. He kn knows all my shortcomings. He knows that, you know, it's hard for me to focus, concentrate, look at this sea of text and, you know, make sense out of it. And he just led me to a place of um, taking small bites every day, um, every time I opened the word, even if it was just reading one sentence, I think with, you know, these weekly assignments that we have of reading, you know, the sermon is um, Luke 9, 1 through 27. Okay, like maybe divide that into like, you know, five passages a day mm -hmm. um, and just read that and don't, and and that's enough. Like one, one um, five verses a day, I meant one, um, one verse is enough. Uh, so, so for me, when I really slowed down and read less and really kind of pictured it, like what was happening and what is God doing in here and what is he doing in my heart? That's really when, um, yeah. I started feeling like he was speaking to me. Yeah. And that, I, like you said at the end though, uh, paying attention to what's going on in my heart, my yeah. spirit, my mind, my, my soul is, I think it's so important. And that's why the pace thing matters mm -hmm. because sometimes you're, you're reading, right? I kind of I kind of imagine like the the experience of it is a little bit like wandering down a path, okay? And okay. you're kind of taking it in, you're kind of looking around, and then you like stub your toe on something on the path and you stop. You're sort of arrested by something. 
and paying attention to those moments where like your heart, your emotions, the way your mind and spirit are engaged by what's on the page um, are kind of arrested, you know, Mm -hmm. and and stopped and and interrupted. And I I think it comes with experience then uh, of just like prayerfully, like sometimes the thing that arrests you is the realization like, oh, that's actually a word to me. I know how to yeah. respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I immediately in my spirit know I have to do that. I have yeah. to believe that. I have to uh, relinquish that to God. I have to trust God for that, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you, you don't immediately know, but it's like it, there's a question mark and it's drawing you in. And yeah. with experience, I think you just learn to tell the difference between whether it's your natural inquisitiveness that's arrested you or it's actually God trying to speak to you. But the beautiful thing is, even if it's your natural inquisitiveness, very often you find at the end of questioning, like God has something to What's show you. What's behind all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so spotting those kind of times, mm-hmm. I think, is mm-hmm. so huge. But, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but it does take chewing on it. It's like Psalm 1. Like, blessed is the person who meditates mm-hmm. on the law of the Lord day and night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, because very often when we share about our reading, we share the result, not the journey. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. if you're new to doing it, it can sound like, man, I feel like everyone else opens their Bible and boom, like, they, they're like, Jesus is showing me this, he's got this, the Spirit's doing, and that, you know, yeah. and it all comes alive immediately. Yeah. But that's very often not, what it's like mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, and actually i think it well, takes slowing our our thoughts our worries are like there's a there's a process of putting some things down yeah. to create the space to actually notice where god's mm-hmm. putting something in front of you it's interesting you say putting something down and as angela you were talking about you know slowing down in a couple of verses at a time and uh, I think it looks a little bit different for different people at different times mm-hmm. as well. Oh, because yes. sometimes, uh, I guess the thing I need to put down most often is the microscope that I'm looking at, like almost every word by word by word by word by word. And I just don't progress anywhere, whereas opposed to if I were reading a novel, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm these characters... Uh, um, their their lives, et cetera, sort of soak in a little bit in the background. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I need to just step way back and just kind of read through it as yeah. a whole. And I might read a whole passage, mm-hmm. um, but then uh, if I come back, uh, I love what you're talking about, then it's maybe only these couple of verses because that was in that whole journey of that passage. Wow, there's something about there. It's usually those things that sort of strike me as, uh, wow, that was... That's a little hard to understand, a little, a little tough to accept. Yeah, perhaps I'm like, oh, oh maybe that's what God wants to teach me. Yeah, yeah. In, in I remember a, a time like when you're talking about like reading the whole path, the whole thing, and then and then going back. And I remember a time when I was um, uh, going through Matthew. I was actually teaching on it, and the thing that just kept annoying me as I'm reading Matthew was. These, these, like the, the unbelief of the disciples, mm-hmm. these questions that they would keep coming up. And, like, as I realize now looking back, as God was trying to teach me about my own unbelief 
mm-hmm. not, and I was like judging the disciples or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'd filter that out when I was, you know, writing yeah. the teachings. But, but it was like later the Lord showed me like the reason why that you have stuck, you're stubbing your toe on that in the path is because that's reflecting something about you and your yeah. heart. Yeah. And, um, and so when you're stubbing your toe, just know, and I love that analogy, Richard, just know that. You might not know exactly why in the moment, like Richard said, it might be a pattern of stubbing over the same thing, whether it's within a month or a year. Um, You know, I have a friend that's um, that's doing that now with the Pharisees, you know, and just like maybe that's saying something about them, you know. So so it's just who are you who are you kind of Mm -hmm. ruminating about in these in these passages that's just really (laughs) sticking with you in a way that doesn't quite settle. And maybe that's God showing you something about yourself. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. God's actually, he's invested in the conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, you've got your quiet time, you're going to pray for 10 minutes, God's going to have a conversation and tell you everything you need to know till your next quiet time. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, like, true. We compartmentalize our lives so mm-hmm. much that we kind of desire things to work that mm-hmm. way, but they just don't. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think that's partly the beauty of, cause I kind of think of building a jigsaw. Like very often you get a like a piece and it, it's really important and like oh that feels like an edge piece i'm going to think about that for days like mm-hmm. that's going to affect me mm-hmm. but i'm going to keep learning how it should affect me mm-hmm. and just as a church the process we're yeah. in you know you might have read the passage and got a couple of jigsaw pieces and then like someone teaches and uh, on sunday you like you get another piece mm-hmm. and then you, you know you're praying about it and just in your car like you just Mm-hmm. feel like God shows you something it's another, <laughs> and then you get to your community group and they're helping you put it together and someone else has got the, the, the piece got that pulls piece it connects. together. It's yeah. so yeah. amazing when like that happens. That's so what yeah. it's like. Yeah. 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 Well, so should we talk about the verses for this week then? Yeah. So yes. We're, yeah. we're going to look at the first 27 verses of chapter 9. Quite a lot going on. Here. There is a lot going on. It's kind of exciting. So the first thing here is uh, Jesus calls the 12 together. So he's like in a circle of these disciples who are going to go and become the apostles Mm -hmm. and it says he gives them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases so he actually um sort of i want to say like gives them a superpower i mean it's it's the power of the spirit that does it so they don't have the superpower but he's commissioning them Mm -hmm. like your role you can wield this authority. Mm-hmm. You can wield this power, and I'm commissioning you on my mission as the rabbi to go. Go do this, mm-hmm. and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And so, I mean, that's kind of exciting moment, like yeah, and scary, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's they're participating in the ministry. They're part. They're given his power and his um his wisdom wisdom to preach and power to heal and what must that have been like yeah well i think of today like great i got that okay i gotta get i'm gonna have to bring all my books and everything that have everything i'm supposed to say my prepared speeches here's my med kit you know all this stuff to go because i gotta go do these things i gotta yeah. proclaim this etc and then he drops in with Basically, take nothing. Yeah, with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? nothing yeah. at all. And I'd go. You'd be. I <laughs> personally, I'd be going. Well, how am I going to do yeah. any mm-hmm. of that? Well, it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, this always makes me think of Ephesians four, hmm. where Paul says, "Like, hey, 
um, that the job of the apostles and the job of leaders is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And this is Jesus equipping the disciples mm. to do the work of the ministry. What does the equipping look like? Um, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money. Don't take an extra shirt. Don't don't plan where you're going to stay. Don't plan who you're going to see. I mean, it's a wild step yeah. into an unknown, in complete dependence on something they've seen in Jesus' ministry is mm. that people have just been there. At, like God's provided people yeah. to support and enable Jesus' ministry. Yeah. And so they're stepping into a similar dynamic. And so, it, I don't know, it just highlights for me that the equipping we actually need is the power and the authority of Jesus mm. actually on us, right? Mm. But... Um, and I think for them, they'd seen Jesus do this and live this way. So they may have had a bit of a box for it. Mm. But in our Western world, this just sounds like utter madness, yeah. right? Like I'm I'm going to go, I think like Jesus has got a mission for me or I'm going to go yeah. do something. How are you going to get ready? <laughs> just and nothing practical, Yeah, you know. So here's a question, because I remember being a new Christian, reading this and being like, you know, 18 years old. Am I supposed to like have no money and no possessions? No. Yeah, what does Should this mean for me? Is the Bible my, saying? Like, is is yeah. this how we're all always supposed to live? Mm. Is yeah. this a paradigm mm. for mm-hmm. all the ages, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever had anyone ask or, or yourselves sort of thought, oh, hang on a second. Well, we're, we were even talking about that last night, just very, very briefly this this um, call. Well, what's that look like to be to lead a, a life? Is it really of you know not having anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it comes up a lot. And it's yeah. a it's a it's a tough one. Does yeah. that make me a better Christian if I have less? Oh, yeah. Am I doing yeah. the job better? Am I am I does God love me more if I have less? Yes, all those you know? questions. Yeah. And the the twist is that there are other places in the New Testament where the command is to take a staff and a bag, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it becomes really quickly clear, oh, how you're supposed to prepare depends on some of the season or the circumstances mm-hmm. or the nature of the mission or something like that. So it's, it's clearly not a one-size-fits-all. Right. But what I was thinking about was how, I don't know, we can have a tendency to want to like look at scripture and be like, man, is this a command for me? Oh, there's another place where it says you can be prepared. Okay, I can brush this one under the carpet. Yes, right, right. Yes. When actually what that should lead us to is, oh, so I need to question, mm-hmm. do I need stuff? I need mm-hmm. to question, not assume, because our culture assumes that we need lots of stuff to be secure, to be well prepared. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. wise to have lots of resources. Like that's our cultural voice. And I think that's what makes us want to sort of shuffle this under the carpet. Um, and actually, it maybe this should challenge us to think about, oh, hang on, am I inhibited from being sent and doing some of the things maybe Jesus mm-hmm. co- was calling me to do because I think I need this to do it, and actually I don't. And actually pursuing those things I think I need is just mm-hmm. distracting me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Bless you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, in this passage, he's commissioning them um, to—he's calling them to go, to go, 
do something in particular and he's giving them instructions. And so, so, and he's saying, you know, this is all you need is me. All you need is my power, my authority, my wisdom. Um, and I love also how he like prepares them. Um, he says, I mean, in this, in this passage also that not everybody's going to accept you and the one, the homes that don't aren't then just dust off your feet and go to the next place. Um, so he doesn't yeah. promise like absolute conversion. Um, no, it's not like they're not walking into guaranteed success. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's so loving of him, I think. Yeah. And, and, um, so even with all my power and authority, not everybody it's, is going to, is going to turn to me, um, and, and be healed. Yeah. Um, only if they are willing to receive it. Yeah. Um, Which is so, so good for us mm, to remember because yeah. we're in a success driven culture. We need to yeah. remind ourselves the success, our success as, as disciples is showing people Jesus, telling people about mm-hmm. Jesus, not converting, transforming and, you know, yeah, get, and getting the right Jesus relationship. We, I mean, we hope for mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. we pray for it. We desire it, yeah. but that's not actually our call to succeed in that. Our, our call is to go tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the measure of our success is our obedience, not the result of the, uh, the yes. result is up to God. Yes. Um, so it's just the going um, it, it is, is the win. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, the whole, like not everyone's going to respond. Yeah. I, I think it actually from here on in Luke, it's, it's been there already actually, but we see quite a lot of, Oh, some people are really, pro jesus like yes awesome really yeah. jazzed for it some people are really against it and then there's a sort of inquisitive middle mm-hmm. as well and so it's just interesting seeing the different groups of people mm-hmm. interacting with jesus and you know this gospel presenting the sort of variegated response mm-hmm. to jesus you know this isn't just a myth about someone who appeared and suddenly everything went his way um jesus even jesus yeah. did not experience like total success and acceptance, mm-hmm. which is pretty profound. <laughs> you know, there's a, a, a word in here um, that I, I don't know. It's uh, maybe this is how God's speaking to me right now, even reading this, this notion of take nothing for the journey. And that notion of it's a, this journey, you know, this mm-hmm. it's it's a process that you're involved in, that you're partnering with me on it's it's yeah. it's beyond just kind of this result it's this journey yeah. that you're on with me yeah you know, and especially good like next week at the end yeah. of the chapter we get mm-hmm. to hey let me go yeah. bury my father before i start the journey with you and yeah. jesus is like no let me yeah. go say let goodbye the, to no like yeah the, the there's things that can get in the way of the journey yeah. so yeah luke's cleverly putting lots yeah. of these things together to yeah. there's a theme here for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Her- herod's perplexed yeah he's like what's going on because this is basically like viral news um everyone's tweeting about jesus <laughs> and the disciples and what's going on mm-hmm. and there's a movement afoot <clears throat> you know it's not just jesus there's a there's a movement afoot and but it's interesting because herod's like who is he what's going on yeah and then actually that question is going to come up in a little bit that mm-hmm. Jesus wants the, the, the disciples. He's like, hey, you know everyone's asking this question. What do you think? Yeah. So we'll, we'll get yeah, to that in yeah. a minute. Yeah. But we get we get this interesting um, thing that happens is they come back. So they get sent out. They come back. They 
you know, got loads of cool stories to yeah, tell, yeah. right? And um, it says that they withdrew apart to a town uh, called Bethsaida. Mm. And so they, I, I kind of imagine this as like a restore, rest, mm -hmm. debrief time with Jesus, okay? Um, which I think some of the other gospels tell, they unpack yeah. some of the events where you can see Jesus had this rhythm of commissioning, but then also like retreating and, and then often teaching them things mm -hmm. in response to what they experienced, things like that. So it's a, there's actually a model for making disciples in mm -hmm. here. Uh, but the interesting thing, given the whole, um, you know, go, go in complete dependence, open-handed on this mission, is the crowds come and there's 5,000 and they're in the middle of nowhere. And the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, dude, like we, it's getting late. Um, everyone's going to starve and have nowhere to sleep. We should like, we should send them now to go. And, and I mean, it's 5,000 people, not including women and children. Right. So it's probably at least double that size. Yeah. So it's, it's a massive group of people. And, and you think about like in our modern terms, right? To feed that many people. If I go down to like Burger King at the end of the street and be like, "Can I have ten thousand burgers?" Um, that ain't happening, right? Yeah. So they're but in the middle of nowhere. It's not like there's a thousand food carts following yeah. Jesus, and just the the cost yeah. of like trying to do something about this. Yeah. I mean, what's it cost? Like in Portland, ten dollars yeah. for a lunch or something. Yeah. Mm. So you know, you're looking at like a hundred thousand dollars here. Um, so there's just no way. It's a right? it's a big thing. There's just no yeah, way. Yeah. And Jesus is like, you give them something to eat. So they've just had like this profound. Mm. They, I mean, they've gone into villages. They've experienced rejection, persecution, success, casting out demons, healing people, and seen like God sustain them. Like the, of the twelve that were sent, they all came back. Mm -hmm, <laughs> right? They didn't lose mm -hmm. anyone. So it, like it worked. And then here they are in a moment of another, like, impossible sort of need. But this time, it, I don't know, it's just so interesting that they kind of experienced um, amazing, just seeing God provide and enable them to do something amazing. And then they've got a practical thing in front of them, that, like, and, and we don't know, it's the next day, the next right. week, yeah, right? But soon after. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how soon like, we forget? We can't, we can't do anything. Yeah, right. Just that, that muscle within us to be limited by what we see as possible, given the mm. things that are in our control, rather than what's possible given what's under God's control, mm -hmm. which is faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's kind of laughable, right? Because <laughs> it's. I mean, the way Luke presents it, this is like a sitcom playing out or something. It, it, it is, but, but I also think about like, gosh, we do the same thing oh, because we we read about these stories and we talk about you know how powerful God is, and we walk out the door and we find a situation that just seems, you know, and we're like, I don't know, I, I can't handle seems this. Seems bleak. Yeah. You know, we don't. I do for yeah. sure. <laughs> you know. Well, and I think that the the nuance there is I can face something and and have the kind of I've got an unsettled heart. My yeah. emotions are like ah, what what's going to happen? Yeah, but I can still be like I'm going to engage my faith. Like I'm going to pray about it. I'm you know. Yeah. But but and I and I think that's very human. Yeah. And that's probably what the disciples experienced when yeah. they were sent out. Yeah. 
the other alternative is I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't do anything. Mm. I got to walk away from that. Mm. Right. That's that's the tragic thing of missing out then Mm. on something that God could have done. Thankfully for them, Jesus is with them. Mm -hmm. And so he actually, and again, I think this is a paradigm for how Jesus coaches us in our faith. Uh, He says, you give them something to eat. And they're like, "Uh, dude, we've only got like a little packed lunch. You know, there's not much. (laughs) Um, And Jesus then starts directing them, do this, do it this way. Take this step, Um, which is... Uh, and, uh, you know, as much as I see a sort of um, sort of some comedy, actually, in how stark the contrast is, there's so much grace and gentleness in Jesus's response. So it's not like, you idiots, you know, just like railing on yeah. them or trying to like motivate changing them by condemning them or making them feel bad. Um, he actually just coaches them through what to do. And they end up distributing the little food they have, and then they have which, which would have fitted in one basket and not probably even filled one basket. Everyone gets fed and then each disciple's left looking down and being like, my basket's full of leftovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they're wondering, you know, in any way, shape or form, like what just happened there, even what they had at the start and the beginning, never mind the thousands of people would be like, where did that come from? God miraculously did something. And I just would have... L- I mean, can you imagine the looks on their faces? Yeah, I know that just whole Just all, all their personalities. Just, like, what was that like, you know, for all of them to have little realizations and then come back together and look down and amazing. be like, huh. But I, I, in this passage, too, I noticed, like, that he Jesus didn't do anything to provide this food until they came to him and asked. And, and so just like the order in which this unfolds, like it says it's getting late. Um, I'm sure people had been hungry for hours. What do we do? Does anyone have a boat? Maybe we should go fishing. Maybe we should go hunting. Like, you know, maybe we should go find some berries. Maybe those conversations were happening. Um, and then the 12 said, okay, you know, we're going to, let's all go to Jesus and see what he thinks now. And, and he, like, I imagine Jesus just kind of waiting, like he knows they're hungry. He knows they're starving and and ready to eat. And, um, but he waits, he waits for them to come to him. And, and for, for me, I think, what am I hungry for that only God can provide in an impossible situation? And have I come to him yet? Because he's waiting, like I picture him like reclined with his ha- hands behind his head, you know, maybe his legs crossed on on a bank by the Sea of Galilee and just waiting. Um, and where is he just kind of hanging out waiting for me to just come and go, okay, like, can you do something about this? Because it's late in the afternoon. Yeah. This We really mm-hmm. need this. And I don't want to leave you to yeah. go do it myself. Um, I know because I know I can't. So, um, so I think just for the application for mm-hmm. me, like... What am I? What can I come to Jesus for now that I really, really need? And have I really, have I really asked Him? Have yeah. I really asked Him? Yeah, you know. And and you keep that sort of against um, the challenge of you know taking nothing with you of like, do I? How much do I really need stuff mm-hmm. right, to right. enable those yes, things? You yes, know? yes, yes. Yeah. Because that's that's the voice that will fight against. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think so often some of these practical things. 
I think for us as a church, like to be the people God is calling us to be, to do the mission God's calling us to do in our bit of the city, in the way that God's calling us to do it, it's going to take amazing faith. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just, I'm not that interested in like being a part of a church that wants to do a watered-down version of faith mm-hmm. and a watered-down version. Like, I want to see Jesus do amazing things because he can. He absolutely yeah. he right? can. I, I want a front-row seat yeah, to that, yeah. but, but I, I have to be willing to exercise some faith mm-hmm. because if if I limit where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do by by what I can control, which is, I think, sometimes the possessions part. How much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to see as much cool stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not going to have stories to tell my kids and grandkids. Yeah. And so, it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's good. there's this fruit of, of living yeah. this way. And I, I think I think we get that in our culture as well. We yeah. love a good story. But I think our culture amplifies the stories of um, either good luck or people who've just, like, Elon Musked it to like mm-hmm. make something mm-hmm. happen or mm-hmm. something right mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, we our culture is trying to teach us that the way is to like do more and have more but is there truly flourishing in that like we get yeah. to this concept of like where's the flourishing is the flourishing in the people who just got fed all that fish from Jesus or the flourishing in the people who heard the message of the disciples early in nine and turned them away because they mm-hmm. didn't believe mm. who, and they had enough and they were fine. And thank you very much. You can go yeah. to the next place. Where's the flourishing, you yeah. know? So there's this true comparison here in this passage yeah. that I think is just compelling when it has to do yeah. with simplicity and what true flourishing yeah. looks like. I mean, that, and that's the word I was just thinking of when you were mm-hmm. saying it, because that must be like, because we know Shelby's going to talk about that on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simplicity, Surely. right? Yeah. Simplicity is not just having less. And flourishing is not just having more. Yeah. Right. Flourishing right. is having the right things. Mm-hmm. And simplicity is about trying to, to get rid of the wrong things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So they, they're really Amen. connected ideas, right? But, you know, one of the things I... I always love this story, and in particular, I like Matthew's, a part of Matthew's telling of this as well, because what I see in there is, you know, the same scene, the scene that we just described, et cetera, but in Matthew, and I think it's implied here, but Matthew, we you hear this, he says, after he says, hey, you give them something to eat, he says, they are like, well, this is all we've got, and he says, bring that to me. Yes. So that mm. what that little that you have, Bring it to G, you know, like in partnership with Jesus. Yeah, like he, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It's yeah. it's just that partnership. But bring it to me. Yeah, and get you know even that. You yeah, know? that always um, reminds me of um, like in Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars of clay. Mm, mm. I think sometimes we have that feeling of not being enough, of being insufficient, right? And we feel like something's wrong. But actually the story that Jesus wants where he glorifies himself is the person who's not sufficient and can't do it and doesn't have enough energy in faith steps into the risk of seeing if God can actually provide and enable and empower. And then the story is not a story about me. It's a story about Jesus and about his power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God is ultimately interested in like revealing himself 
So he loves. I mean, this is like the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout mm -hmm, the whole earth, mm -hmm. searching for those on whose behalf he can show himself strong. It's not just God loves to be trust, uh, trusted, but actually people who are willing to live that way, they get to reveal Jesus more profoundly. So it's, it's a part of our mission mm. to live this way. Yeah. Well, and Jesus, even in here, he, he's like, he gives us that model as well of, because what's he do with the loaves and fishes? You know, he turns to the father and he says, thank you. Now, thank you for five loaves and fishes. Yes. That we've got to feed, you know, all these, well. Yeah. I wonder uh, how many of them that just felt like. Like, why are you thanking yeah. him? We, we, <laughs> Jesus, we don't have enough, and you're giving thanks for, <coughs> yeah, you know, yeah, a, a couple Must have of bagels. Really weird, yeah. I tell you what, here's a story, so, right? That's similar to that. So I knew a couple who are uh, missionaries in Indonesia, in the mm. highland, middle of nowhere, mm. like um, <clears throat> tribes, you know, in the rainforest, and um, they had kids, and they lived there, and they'd been there a while. They got to know people, and you know, they're. Support was going down. They just felt like this is where mm. we're supposed to be. And they got in a rhythm where every dinner time they would sit down as a family and give thanks, even though they had no food to prepare. And every day, someone different from the, one of the villages or just wow. the tribe would come and bring them some of their food wow. and sit and eat with them. Mm. And it went mm. on for months. <laughs> yeah. So they pray the and then it would show up. They sat down to pray. Yeah. But Thank you, Jesus, that you're provider and you have food for and us. And then someone just shows up at their door. Knock at the door. Yeah. And wow. think about that in, in this lesson, <laughs> That's too. So cool. Because it's the order uh, yeah. of it. This is thanks before the miracle occurred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? It's that absolute, wholehearted expe yeah. expectation that Jesus, Jesus yes. will provide. He will. Not. I hope he does. We'll see if we'll see. It's no, he will. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is, um, that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, let's keep, let's keep going. Yes, so so th that is amazing. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and, and then the scene moves on. So in the midst of like seeing Jesus do this and the disciples being challenged in their faith and things like this, the question comes up again. And so <clears throat> it's, uh, and I actually, I think sometimes we skip over the beginning of this. It happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. So Jesus prayed regularly alone, but by alone, he didn't mean no one can see me praying. Right. He took the disciples and said to them, hey, guys, you sit here. I'm going to go over there and pray. Uh -huh. Right. So, so there's an accessibility to his spiritual life mm. and prayer life and things. And then you can't help but wonder if the father spoke to Jesus and said, now's the time to go ask those guys who they think you are. Wow. Right? Just the connection mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. uh, the steps here. And so he does, but actually he doesn't say, who do you think I am? He says, who do the crowd say that I am? And then um, and then he says, but who do but you who say do that you I am? Because he's I trying am. to help them spot. Everyone's questioning who, my, who I am. And I want you to acknowledge the questions that are out there. Mm. But then I want you to engage. But what do you believe? Mm -hmm. And and that's where I think it connects to the five thousand and the faith thing. It, it, it there's a process here of Jesus saying, okay, what are the questions? What what are like what are the narratives that could be true here? Mm. But what's the one that's the real divine narrative? Mm. Like mm. what what do you actually see in me in Jesus? What do you see the Father doing? Mm. Um, 
and you know of course peter answers the classic you Peter's know confession. you're the christ and i think in matthew it's like you're the christ the son of a living god mm. and just the there is uh, uh the the words are different in the different gospels but that, and sometimes those words mean slightly different things to us. But yeah. It's really clear in the ancient world that what's being God at is like, you're God. Yeah. Like you're the one God said he would send where God would show up. You're the one we've a, been as waiting a, as for. the forever king yeah. to start a forever kingdom. Yeah. And so it, it actually is an engagement of Peter's faith, radical faith in the midst of questions to like latch onto that as an identity of Jesus and a hope that's going to affect what's possible for Peter, you know, and, and the rest yeah. of the disciples, because it's not just him. Yeah, because they're around the rest of the disciples. Yeah, they're all having this conversation yep. together. Gotcha. And then the interesting thing, Jesus strictly charged them. Yeah. If Jesus strictly charged you, that's like, that's pretty, says some serious words. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Especially if you just made that statement. Yes. You know, and, and, and Jesus... Don't we, um, want we, to we, tell don't, we don't get this here, but in Matthew, you yeah. know, Jesus is like, that's right. That is the right answer, yeah. Peter. You know, right? yeah. So it's not that it's the wrong answer, but he says you can't tell anyone. You mm. can't go, you can't go making mm. that question with that answer viral right now. And the reason, and, and this is really confusing if we read without knowing some of the cultural context. Yeah. The reason is that you, Jesus has already been running into people misconstruing his mission and thinking that he was actually going to be a military leader who would go to war against the Roman oppressors and then be uh, become their king. And so he knew that he was trying to give one message that related to messiahship, but people were really prone to misunderstand the mm -hmm. message. So this, this box of what does it mean to be the Christ of God, Jesus is working really hard to redefine and so he's like, you can't, that's not a box we can use right now because I'm still redefining that. So he tells them like, that's like you guys I've worked with, we can talk this way, but that's not the way we're talking to the crowds because they remember they've still got those questions. And I, that, make, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I find that really interesting when we think about the strategy of being sent to go tell. Yeah, timing is important. <laughs> The words are important. Following God is important in in all of it. And according to his will and his plan, and I think about like that if we're talking about simplicity and these disciples have been simplifying, they've been going to, God gave them the provision first of um, power, authority, wisdom. Then he gives them provision of uh, basic needs in this, in this scene. And... Then he lets them in on, he, he asks them to evaluate who he is. Um, they, they have this big realization, you know, with Peter at the, in the lead. Um, and then he says, okay, here's your information of who I am. You're right, but wait. And um, how, what does that mean for us? We, we hear better from God when we're, we have a simplified life. Um, and that, that's just for us for mm -hmm. a time. That's just for us to live and wait for him to move before we just start going viral ourselves because he's got yeah. a lot of work to do within us. Um, and, Which is especially uh, counterculture. Like our culture mm -hmm, now is mm -hmm. like, 
If you have an interesting thought, tweet it. Yeah, immediately right? process it out loud to the person who's the yeah, next warm body. Yeah, so this body. is really different yeah. to our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it just shows that like God actually has some nuance. To like, He understands that uh, there's a process, there's a journey to realize, uh, like realization. Mm-hmm. And He's uh, aware of risks, aware of misnomers, aware of. Conf- potential confusions, aware of people's questions. He's so I think as tellers mm-hmm. that we're commissioned, because we this commission, the disciples get, and then the 72 get, and then like we're going to get later yeah, on. It's a, p- a perfect plan, and it's so incremental. Yes. It's so strategic. Yeah. Little by little, incrementally, he's telling them how to feed the 5,000. Like this kind of just very step-by-step th- theme is, is in this passage, um, and he's modeling it. Yeah. So then all this culminates in a wonderful, like, landmark works of Jesus. Sorry, words of Jesus. So these themes of, like, simplicity, faith, trust, um, freedom, things like that. Um, And he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So I feel like we should unpack that because those are words. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a gravitas to them that makes you just want to be like, okay, I just I should be silent. But those words, we should dig into a little bit to get at the gravitas of these words because they're so countercultural. Um, so so it's the this is like upside down kingdom words, yeah. right? How do you like? How do you save a life? How do you make yourself secure? How do you make yourself safe? Well, you make sure you're protected and secure, and you've got everything you need to eat, and your finances in order. You've got yeah, uh, you've got great friends, ABC, like pe- yeah. people who um, like you have conflict with. You cut yeah. them out of your life, yeah, because yeah. you want to be happy. Um, you try and arrange life so you can be comfortable. Yeah, it just. I mean, mm. we live in the cult. We live in our culture. We get the point, right? Yeah, we're in a me culture, and he's saying, yeah. deny yourself. And, and Jesus is actually like, <laughs> no, the not just, oh, sacrificially, like, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you wanted to thrive and flourish and have a fulfilled life, but actually I'm calling you to die. No. I mean, that would be profound. That mm-hmm. would be a profound yeah. call. What Jesus is actually saying is like, no, the Father's love, like ultimate love and ultimate fulfillment mean giving up, not getting right yeah that that is the mysterious radical difference between the god of abraham mm-hmm. and all the other religions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and, and yeah. actually we will save our life we will be safe we will be secure by every day taking up our cross which which is a sort of um acceptance like stepping onto the journey of actually losing of surrender and dying and surrender and not just surrender to God, <coughs> but surrender to the people around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a, a radical, just pouring ourselves out, expending ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's taking up a cross. So it's, uh, it, it's expending ourselves in on the kingdom mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just that that's where actually safety and fulfillment lie. 
Yeah, that's where it's releasing. the up and down, yeah. upside down I find that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I'm just going to be honest, like, I've understood that theologically, I have a really hard time actually yeah. believing that. Every yeah. day yeah. is a challenge to really believe that. Yeah, because... Every day, so many of my actions are, are, are trying to feed myself with some other stuff. Yeah. Make myself feel safe with some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, I get I get chills almost thinking about because it's that notion of denying and, and picking up your cross this and losing it. It's like these things I cling to so much, and I might know it intellectually that I've got to let go of all those things. But man, it's hard to let go of mm-hmm. that to put that down. Um, like to, what in particular are you thinking? Like oh, just to give uh, like practical oh, things of letting you know, go. A, a lot of it. Think of you know the the worry that grips me. Say of you know financial security or something, and wanting mm-hmm. to cling to that mm-hmm. um, as opposed to realizing it's a, a gift and where it came from, and uh, and, and re, you know yeah. returning it. Um, and surrendering it's, and it's not it. that you can't have finances yeah. either, because that comes back to where we began with like, yeah. is this does this mean no one, none of us should have any possessions? Yeah. Like, no, but it's about why we've got them. Yeah, and it makes me think of that verse: um, "Godliness with contentment is great gain." Mm. And I know there's mm. been a few times in my life where Jesus has actually said, "Like, I'm not going to give you that because you think it's going to make you content. I'm going to withhold it." and teach you you can already be content mm. so that then I can give you that thing and you'll actually you'll handle it better mm. you'll use it for the right things uh, you know because there's a danger in getting for the wrong reasons um, and we are profoundly a culture that is enabled to get more I mean yeah. Amazon Prime will get it to your door that afternoon yeah right so I I don't know I always pay attention to those times when God's not making something easy because they've often been times when I've been wrong and God's wanted mm. to teach me something. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, and that's a hard place to be yeah. It's to wait for God to give you something, knowing that he's teaching you something, feeling like you've learned it mm-hmm. and he's still not giving it to you. And, it, that takes just more more surrender, yeah. right? Yeah. More surrender because he, he's about transforming hearts, not changing situations. Yeah, and so because he's he's concerned with the thing that's actually more valuable. Yeah, which, our which heart is, is and the, how yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite worship songs has a line in it. Uh, it it's kind of a one. Of the verse is like a cry of repentance of like I've crafted myself a more comfortable cross. Oh. Yeah. And just, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. You know? Wow, yeah. with like padding and snacks up there on yeah. the cross. It's and like smaller. Those nails are like it's really easy, not real. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't cost me as much. Uh-huh. I, I think that um, in that particular expression, take up your cross daily. I mean, that is... And daily. Yeah, it's the <laughs> daily That word just stuck out thing. when you said it as well. Like, but, wow. but, but both of like like the intentionality of how that comes across, that text, is... Deny, take up their across daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, those are because it's both those things daily. It's like denying what you, you know, would normally cling to, but also picking up, you know, this other thing. Yeah. 
Um, and it, and and I think possessions and and our simplicity and contentment around possessions does come into focus because he goes on to say, "What will it profit someone if they gain the yeah. whole world, but forfeit themselves?" Mm-hmm. Because the way we attach value. Uh, we do it in other ways, like by giving time, by giving like emotional energy to things. But the most tangible way is our money. Sure. Right. So what's the most valuable thing we have? Our house. Is that really the most valuable thing you have? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if your house burned down, but you could save that one other possession, doesn't that mean that actually that's yeah. the most valuable? Like mm-hmm. I, actually, you know, we're, we're, we're confused about how to, attach value to things and the thing is you can't spend money on a good heart you can't buy it so it doesn't fit into the paradigm Mm -hmm. of how we've been trained to think Mm -hmm. about what's Mm -hmm. valuable so it's really easy for us to be confused about what's valuable and the same must have been true in the ancient world because that's kind of what jesus is poking at it's like you can you can gain the whole world you can own everything but what's the point if you yeah. like actually lose yourself, like you as a person. And and this is the elevating thing of like a, a theology of being made in God's image, loved by God, that God desires to actually partner with us and love us mm-hmm. and be with us is what Jesus is also getting at is like the most valuable thing in God's eyes is not your stuff. What God wants is not more stuff for you. The most valuable thing is you. And and, and yeah. we kind of think the way to protect me is to surround, surround myself with more stuff maybe or, yeah, it just, mm-hmm. especially in our culture. But but there's, there's something about about the trust and risk, right? Because it, Jesus is not just saying, hey, like you can be deceived and like think pursuing riches is going to fulfill you, but it's not. That, uh, you know, and maybe we'll be like, yeah, I shouldn't pursue riches. I should I should pursue enough. Right, no, actually yeah. what Jesus said in the last verse is you should actually seek to die. Yeah. You should live the kind of life where you, you are constantly at risk because like in pouring out your security for the sake of others, that's where you will find, that's where you will find your deepest value. So it's, <laughs> these are crazy verses. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like crazy talk because it's so different than our our broken human paradigm, what Jesus is actually offering here. But we know it's not crazy because Jesus lived it. And he, yeah, he and did And none this. of us would look at Jesus and be like, man, I bet he just had a really, like he just hated his life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Jesus, he, he did this. He lived it, which is, yeah, so this is like so challenging, but that's the the hope for us grasping it, I think, is that Jesus did it. So, and it's not just that then he's the example, but Jesus did it by the power of the Spirit, though he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. So he shows us that that God can actually lead us on this journey as well, like effectively lead us on this journey. So there's hope for us. Otherwise, we would read this and just be like, "What's the point? I'm out." Yeah. Because like, there's two, there's two kind of I'm outs. One is like I'm not ready to give that possession up. The other I'm out is like I just I don't see how this is possible. Um, but but also that's like where the graciousness of the way Jesus like coached his disciples step by step and things works into this, right? 
because I, I think sometimes the way Jesus teaches, he makes a profound paradigm-altering statement that feels a million miles away. But what we got to notice in the journey of the disciples is then Jesus coached them into that paradigm a step at a time mm-hmm. over the course of years. Yeah, I mean, if I'm reading this and I'm thinking about, you know, people listening to us talk, I'm thinking maybe some of you out there are thinking, okay, well, does this mean I just need to get rid of everything because nothing's worth any of it? Like, I understand what he's saying, and maybe then he'll he'll bless me and come to me and and um, and show me my purpose and give me a call. And, um, and I think the answer is to pray first and to know that Jesus does want to take you step by step and maybe pray about like, what is the one possession that's getting in your way mm-hmm. of following him, of maybe you're defining yourself by that possession or your success or your worth. And just know that God doesn't define you that way. He defines your worth by your heart. Um, and so to pray for, for God to, you know, teach you in that and move you, um, and maybe that possession you have isn't isn't the true treasure of your yes. life. Yes. And so that's like one step. I think it can get yeah. so overwhelming. Um, so I just wanted to share and I, that. And I think that's the way God often works. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's the classic, oh, I've come to Jesus in youth group. I'm selling all my music, you know, burning mm-hmm. all my records. Yeah, it's just that kind of... And I think sometimes radical s- steps... They can be really fun and they show we've realized that it's a radical call. But actually, the work we have to do after the radical thing is then figure out, okay, so how do I live in this world but not be of this world? How do I live as someone who's part of a different culture but engage this culture? And the nuance you're going to have to work through, and it is the slow step-by-step, but Jesus, he'll, he'll guide you. And he'll change your heart. What will end up happening is that thing that you truly love, that possession, he'll take that. If that's not of him, he will cause you to not love it anymore. Yeah, He just will. And you'll be free from that. Um, If it's something that's good and according to us, you're using for his purpose and, um, and to further his kingdom and to bless others, well, then he's going to, you know, confirm that yeah this is actually a good thing in your life and yeah. so it's just like surrendering all that to him yeah. and saying okay where what would you have with these things yeah. within mm-hmm. me and i think this this passage of scripture should sort of shake us up and open our heart and mind to invite god you know do you want to speak into my reassessing my attachment to mm-hmm. everything because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's good attachments too there there are for yeah. sure yeah. yeah you know i also I mean, I've been quiet because I've been just letting these words go over and over. <laughs> I mean, but one of the other things I see in here is this is also Jesus saying the simplicity of of all of God's creation, the the value of you as individuals mm-hmm. is so precious. And that the simplicity of what God's trying to say is like you, your heart, who you are is what matters to mm-hmm. me. And I'm going to demonstrate that. It's like right in the midst of this, you know, in, in between this predicting his death and going to the cross and how Jesus is going to demonstrate that. And it can be an affirmation of like um, that God's speaking of great value about who we are to him, 
that he's going to do all these things. And it's as, he's, in some ways I hear him saying, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, like you are loved. Yeah, yeah. Period. You, not the things because of what you have. And by mm-hmm. the way, all creation's God's anyway. So when he looks at us, he says, you are loved. Yeah, yeah. already valuable. Yeah. Well, our hour is up. It is. Not that we okay. always do an hour, but mm. I'm going to call it. So I hope that gets you excited to now like go read this and see. I remember earlier in the podcast, you were like, oh, that word journey is really sticking out. To me. Mm-hmm. So like we've said some things to get you thinking, but now go read, spend time, mm. pray. And maybe there's going to be like one or two things where the spirit says like, actually, this is the bit that I want to talk to you about mm. and, and enter into that conversation, grab a couple of jigsaw pieces to carry forward. Mm. So thanks for listening and Thank we'll catch you. you next week. Have a great week. Take care.